Welcome to the show, Trent. Hey, everyone. Um, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a it's been a while uh, since I've um, been involved or talked about the uh, old hockey days. That's right, but you are still remembered by the long-time UK hockey fans. Yeah, I do uh, stay in touch with some. I uh, see some on uh, Facebook, and we, uh, you know, some light conversation here and there. Sure. Okay, so you're a native of Nanaimo in British Columbia in Canada. How far are you away from Vancouver? Well, we're actually just a a 17-mile ferry ride straight across the water, city to city. Uh, or a 10-minute little uh, float plane ride, uh, basically. Uh, But it's nice to be uh, separate on on the island. Our island is about 850,000 people. Right. Victoria being our capital. We we are um, enjoying kind of island life here compared to uh, Vancouver's downtown uh, and suburbs are a lot like London downtown suburbs. Am I right in thinking that the weather in British Columbia is, is quite similar to here in the UK, as opposed to the rest of the uh, of Canada that really get bad snow and low temperatures? Yes, actually, uh, more so uh, Vancouver and Vancouver Island are. Yeah. As you start going east more, it gets colder and they have snow consistently from probably uh, late October through till March. But no, we are uh, today, we are under a frost delay. Um, I have a golf course out uh, on Vancouver Island and then I'm just south of Nanaimo. And, uh, we have, we actually have a frost delay because the, it was, it was chilly this morning, only minus, minus one our temperature. Yeah. But the sun is out and it's, uh, it's looking like a beautiful day today. So the highs are supposed to be about 10, 11 here today. Right. Yeah. It does sound very similar to, uh, to here in the UK. We were zero degrees and I think we're moving up to, to about eight degrees. And, and just for the listener, we are recording this on the 8th of February, 2023, so uh, we are still in winter. Yeah. Okay, Trent, well, let's move on. And uh, what are your earliest memories of playing hockey? When I started as a, a young kid, I was actually playing both hockey and soccer, which, funny enough, um, was my passion to start with was soccer. And then oh yeah, I did have a few friends that were playing both, and I started to um, play uh, play both, and then just ended up moving into uh, to hockey because it was just something I enjoyed a lot more. And I guess I found it was a little easier skating than running around on the pitch. It was easier to skate on the ice. <laughs> well, no, that's yeah, that, that is very true. So from then on, then did you always want to be a pro hockey player? Well, I mean, obviously, at the start, when I was younger, you, you always dream of doing something like that. So, yeah, I guess it was always in my mind that I wanted to do something like that. But, you know, it's it's always something that you dream of, but, you know, that you realize that, you know, if you can just have lots of fun playing it, and which I did. And I had a good group of young guys that I grew up with right through, you know, from kind of eight all the way to 16, eight years old to 16 years old. Right five or six of us on the team that were very good, which hence made our team good, which more people got to see us play. And it was just, we were fortunate that we were all together. You spent your early pro years in the WHL, IHL and AHL and were selected in the 1985 NHL draft by the Buffalo Sabres. Were you aware that you you might get drafted? Yes. um, When I was in the WHL in Lethbridge, I had um, some different 
uh, scouts, different uh, actual general managers talk to me and just to see, basically interview you to see what kind of person you are. Right. Obviously, with when they start doing interviews and they don't interview some of the other guys, you kind of have a feeling that you have a possibility they, they're looking at you. So it's just, you know, you just kind of work that out. But uh, Buffalo was very interested. I know that they did come and watch uh, me play a few times to make sure that, you know, that they were wanting to pick me uh, at some stage. So, and yeah, it just it, it seemed to work out. It, it was a great feeling. It was terrific. And I, I guess I can always remember my first training camp with Buffalo as, you know, you're going in as an 18-year-old and you meet people like Gilbert Perrault and uh, all of these big name NHL guys, um, you know, like the Ramseys and um, all the you know, Clark Gillies and just some amazing, amazing guys that were wonderful, wonderful people and uh, amazing hockey players. Uh, so it's a real eye opener. And uh, just on that, I, a little story when I was just after I did my first kind of rookie camp and, and being for, there for the first time, uh, Scotty Bowman was the, the coach. Oh, yeah. At that time, and he called me into the uh, office uh, where, you know, obviously you, he was going to talk to you about what you need to work on. Yeah. And uh, I came in, sat down, and he says, oh, hey, try, how are you? Um, and I'm so fine. He said, uh, how's the fishing out there in Nanaimo? I've been out there a few times. In the fish. So we talked about fishing the whole time. <laughs> and he said he'd see me next year. And that was it. Right, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, it was it was quite funny because you know you're sitting with an icon like Scotty Bowman and we're just sitting talking about fishing and and um, there was another player on the team Paul Sear that was from Port Alberni on the island so he Scotty had actually been out there fishing with him at one time and said well I hope I can maybe get out there and fish with you sometime uh, so <laughs> it was pretty interesting it was a, it was a pretty cool story yeah oh absolutely but what about on draft day can you remember what you was actually doing on draft day and how you felt when you were drafted. Uh, well, we were fortunate in Lethbridge. There was actually five of us that drafted from that team. Yeah. And we were all together. And we were with some other, some of the other, some of the older guys that were on our team, which were uh, the Sutter twins, which were on Sutter, um, Bob Rose, uh, Mark Tenardi, some guys that are captains of their NHL teams that went on to be captains. Right. And Reggett. And, and there was just, we had just a big team party that day. And, uh, you know, when, the draft actually happened. It was uh, it was pretty pretty incredible because, like I said, there was five of us and yeah. it was super. You know, you had to obviously back then I had to go use the house phone and phone my mom and dad and let them know. But sure, yeah, we were we weren't at the draft or anything like that, so we were just all just kind of one of the guys' houses. Yeah, celebrating together. Okay, so you had two seasons with the Lethbridge Broncos, and then in 1986, the franchise relocated. 138 miles up the road to become the Swift Current Broncos. But weren't you traded just before the tragic bus crash that killed four Broncos players? Yeah, the year that we got transferred there, I moved all my, my stuff out there and was there in August just to skate with the guys before I left for Buffalo again. Yeah, I was held back in Buffalo for a while and the season had already started in Swift Current. And yeah, I had made friends in the Two, three weeks that I'd been there with some of these, and especially a couple of the kids that died. Yeah. was quite close to. And of course, Lindy Ruff, who was playing in Buffalo at the time, his younger brother had passed away in that bus crash as well. Um, he's now coaching the New Jersey Devils. Um, but 
it was fortunate for me because they held me back. I missed a few games of the season that started because Buffalo was undecided on keeping me or not. Yeah. And then I, I did get sent back. And the good fortunate thing was is Graham James and I did not get along at all, who was the guy that was um, charged with all those offenses. I read about that earlier, yeah. And uh, I... Um, I was fortunate that we didn't get along, and my old coach, uh, John Chapman, got me back to Calgary, and um, we had uh, a fairly good team in Calgary with some of the old guys that I had played with before, so it was um, uh, it was a good experience to go through something like that mm, uh, yeah. as younger, as, you know, you're just growing up is what it is. But wasn't there some confusion with some people thinking you'd actually been killed in the crash? Yeah, that's correct. Um, the one young boy... Um, Trent Cressy, was it? Yeah, it was. And I know my, my mom and dad had gotten phone calls because back then, uh, obviously, we don't have the technology like we do now. But Yeah, sure. My mother and father had a bunch of phone calls uh, for condolences uh, on oh, okay. what happened, which was, which was hard for them, very hard, because yeah. there I am still riding on the buses, and, um, and they, were, they were struggling with it. It was, it was, it was a tough, tough time for, for them to, to go through that. Um, for me, you know, maybe not as much, but, you know, they're getting phone calls to say that. And it's, they know I'm okay, but still, it was just a, a bit of a struggle for them. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. For the listener... The team bus doing just 33 miles per hour hit black ice and crashed. And sadly, Trent Cressy, Scott Kruger, Chris Mantyka and Brent Ruff all lost their lives that day. And did the 2018 Humboldt Broncos tragedy bring it all back to you? Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, I'm sure, you know, some of the other fellows that went, went through all that at, at that time as well. But yeah, it really did. Because of course, so how, how is it for some freaky reason? It's another Broncos team that, that crashed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and obviously, there's some deaths and, and then some paralyzed kids. And it was, it was really sad. It was sad to see. I felt for those families. I, you know, it really was. And I know they did come and interview my mom and dad and myself yeah. while that happened. And uh, it was tough. It was very tough. Yeah. Any, anytime you see that, you know, you could see how the people gather around and with this, all this new technology with, yeah. you know, let's go fund me and all that. And they raised enough money to buy, you know, wheelchairs and, and transportation and help these families that are going through these tragedies, which, which is nice to have. It's, it doesn't bring back anyone or it doesn't bring back your ability to walk no of course not no it's still at least a little bit of relief for some of these people 